Welcome to the BMJ Podcast. I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor. In this podcast, we're talking to Michael Shapiro, a patient who's undergone a heart valve replacement. Michael helped inform our first rapid recommendation on whether to undergo a valvular replacement via a catheter, TAVI, or with surgery, SAVA. You can read the full details of that recommendation on thebmj.com, but in this interview, I talked to Michael about what mattered to him as a patient and how he found the process of contributing to a rapid recommendation. Uh, Michael Shapiro, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today and for, for getting involved in the uh, rapid recommendation. It was uh, my pleasure and really a great opportunity for me as a patient to uh, get involved with this process. So I, it was uh, uh, fortuitous in many ways. Great. Um, so, yes, uh, as you mentioned there, you're a patient, obviously. So um, can you tell us your story? What's your background? Sure. Uh, so um, I am uh, 68 years of age and uh, in generally very good health. Uh, I was totally unaware uh, that I had any heart issues until about uh, the age of 60 when um, I was uh, encouraged by my wife to get back to exercising regularly and I would happen to be a student again, back in school again at that age and uh, I was a um, had access to a, a very nice gym facility but they said well you know at your age we'd like you to go get a medical clearance before you start exercising and the medical director at the student health center uh, examined me and said you know um, I'm hearing something I'd like you to go get a um, angiogram or, or I'm sorry an echocardiogram anyways I discovered uh, through this process that I had what's known as a bicuspid aortic valve and normally people are born with a tricuspid mm-hmm. three leaf instead of two um, and with people who have this genetic defect it is uh, relatively uh, uh, not uncommon for them to develop aortic stenosis uh, later in age. Later in, in age, so basically, I have known going back about eight years that I was eventually going to need surgery, and they kept on saying, "Well, let's wait, let's wait." Um, and um, this last, uh, this spring. Uh, my cardiologist said, I think it's time, and sent me uh, to the hospital in downtown Chicago. I was evaluated by the surgeon and uh, basically scheduled surgery right away, and I was, as it turns out, was already involved in the WikiRex mm. project and um, finished uh, my work with that group of cardiologists just, I think it was the week before I went in for surgery. So it was all um, a very real process for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so just uh, to, to be clear, you were asymptomatic at the time um, before you went into your surgery. Uh, this was a preventative measure. Um, 
yes. So I had I had no uh, cardiac event, if if that's what you're asking. Um, but I was gradually needing to um, restrict the level of exercise activity because I was beginning to have some angina discomfort. And um, so this was the indication mm-hmm. that my aortic stenosis had progressed to the point where I needed the surgical intervention. Right. Um, but I was actually exercising up to the weekend before I had surgery. Okay. So you mentioned you were already involved uh, in the WikiRets project, and, and this is um, to do with your background. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in it uh, in the first place? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, as a second career, and this was my connection with going back to school, I work in the field of health information technology. I do research for a, a nonprofit uh, research organization here in the United States. Uh, so I've been interested in, in health information technology and also in issues related to patient engagement. Uh, and I participate in a organization uh, known as the Society for Participatory Medicine. And um, someone in that group sent out a note to the group saying, uh, talking about the project, the WikiRex project, looking for uh, someone in the group who had experience as a patient uh, with aortic stenosis. So I raised my hand, so to speak, and uh, I was contacted by uh, good people in Toronto and asked if I would like to join, and I was uh, pleased at the opportunity. So let's talk about the WikiRec itself now. As part of this, um, there was a process of doing a systematic review looking at uh, patient preferences when it came to interventions. Uh, and looking at that, it looks like the published literature has uh, focused on um, mortality risk. Uh, now, in the final WikiRec that is published, there's a, a far wider range of um, patient-centered outcomes that they've looked at. So can you take us through the process of, of thinking about those and, uh, and how your, your feelings about procedure fed into that? Sure. Um, well, uh, obviously uh, there is an underlying uh, mortality concern, but my thinking about this, and as I indicated, I've had essentially some number of years to think about this, uh, but my uh, thinking has always been more oriented towards ultimately quality of life considerations. Uh, Will I be able to continue to do things that I would like to do and be in good health after the procedure? And I guess I should also indicate that over this period of time, the options uh, of the TAVR uh, in the minimal, minimally invasive procedures uh, have developed. Uh, perhaps eight years ago, it was less less uh, of an option than it is today. And I guess I should also say, in fairness, that the various cardiologists that I have spoken to over that period of time 
have always pretty uniformly spoken about open heart mm-hmm. uh, that is Saver process as being the still being the gold standard um, if uh, a patient is healthy enough um, so I have thought about this primarily as as a patient who has been generally healthy that um, I was willing to undergo the more uh, invasive, um, longer procedure with the ultimate goal of getting a better result mm-hmm. and a longer, perhaps perhaps longer lasting result. Okay, that's that's interesting. So uh, that was what your sort of key aim was was the the longevity. Yes, um, I mean there. There are, and this is certainly an open question, uh, there are still being uh, concerns raised about what is the long-term reliability and um, lifespan, if you will, of the mechanical valves. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are more than one uh, manufacturer of these devices, uh, but it was the advice that I was hearing, or at least those that I was uh, perhaps more inclined towards that uh, the longevity of the uh, open heart procedure with a, in this case, a biologic valve versus a mechanical valve, uh, again, provided a longer term good solution. Great. So um, obviously, all the results of the the Wikirex are available online for for people to to have a look at. Um, but when we, you know, when this was was put together, uh, it's a new process and it's something that we're still sort of designing. Um, how did you find it uh, as a as a patient and someone who uh, who thinks about uh, participatory medicine? I I, th- I thought it was a good process. Uh, one of the things that I appreciated was that I, as a patient, uh, brought up some concerns that uh, the cardiologist in the in the team had not uh, considered. Um, and what was that? you know, those. Uh, f- for example, I asked about um, questions related to. Um, Cognitive, in uh, cognitive impact mm. of surgery, and this is I was relating this to the length of the surgical procedure. So, in general, uh, the Saver procedure is roughly twice as long uh, as the Taver procedure. So, the patient is under general anesthesia uh, for a longer period of time. Um, there, I, I wasn't able to get definitive answers to this question, but um, I think this is an ongoing area of research. But that is certainly one of the questions I raised, and I think um, in some of the other work that I've been involved with, uh, especially older adults who have to face surgical procedures, have some concerns about what will the impact of general anesthesia be on memory and other general issues of cognition? Hmm. I, I think the only other thing I had 
uh, had an opportunity to talk about uh, that perhaps was not uh, foremost in the cardiologist's mind was mm. uh, the post-surgical, um, some concerns post-surgically with regard to um, medications. So for the TAVR, uh, that would have required uh, essentially a lifetime of um, Coumadin, uh, blood thinners, mm-hmm. if it, that is. And those have some side issues that I was not anxious to uh, deal with. So that was that was just another, uh, would have been, if I was seriously considering TAVR, I think another consideration of whether that's something I want to deal with for the rest of my life. You've been listening to Michael Shapiro talking about informing a rapid recommendation on heart valve replacement. The review we've discussed is available for free on thebmj.com, along with a handy infographic which will help you interrogate the evidence. If you've enjoyed this and want to hear more, our podcast archive is available on SoundCloud. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks for listening.